Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Well, for those of you that came in a little bit later, welcome to church. My name is Pastor JP. It's an honor to have you here at the 11 o'clock. We had an incredible nine o'clock service. It was powerful. God really met us, and I believe he's meeting us right now. If this is your first time, I know there's a little introduction and welcome, but let me just welcome you again um, to the house. It's so good to have you here. I, don't, I, don't, I truly believe it, this is never the case that people just wander in here on accident or by chance or because the stars aligned or because the, 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 whatever, the paper told you that it was the right day. Um, I do believe God brought you here, not to hear from me, not to hear from anybody else, but to hear from him. We, we serve Jesus, he's the creator of all things. He's the one that holds this thing in his hands. I believe that, I know that to be true. I came to that revelation at 22 years old and it radically transformed my life. And so I believe you're here for a reason and a purpose. And so at this church, we, we open up the word of God and we discover what his word says. You know, this word is a lamp unto a feet and a light unto our path. How many of you know we are, we are more than ever in 2020 looking for a lamp to guide us, to show us the way? I don't care if you believe in God or not, we just all can agree to that, right? Like that, that we are searching for something to lead us, something to guide us. Do you know that the word has stood true for thousands of generations? That this word has tried to be disproved and, and, and tried to say like it's not real and every time it stays true. That this word does not return void, that you can open up this word, this book, right? It's not a history book, but it's a book that actually will read you. Every time I open this thing, it reads me and I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really, I, that's not me. And God's like, no, that's you. You need to change. Let me change you. Let me love you. And um, this thing will guide your steps. It'll ordain your steps. It'll give you life, not death. It'll promise you. It'll give you promises. It'll give you insurance. How many of you love the Bible? Six of you. I'm going to have a prayer meeting right now in this house. <laughs> the word should be the thing that lights your path. It should be the lamp that guides you. And so today we're going to open up the word, 1 Peter. We've been in a series here, this title, that's just another fancy term of saying like we've been opening up a book of the Bible and discovering it together. 1 Peter, we're going to be in chapter 2 today, but Peter is one of Jesus' 12 disciples. He's the one that, one of the, the, the brothers that followed Jesus while Jesus was on earth and did his ministry. And Peter had a first-hand look into how Jesus operated, how Jesus' kingdom was and, and is and is yet to come. And he got an inside scoop into Jesus' life. And Peter, man, I, I love Pete. Peter is, you, you guys know Peter, like this brother denied Jesus, cut a dude's ear off, right? Was always like the, the guy that was just losing his mind all the time. But Jesus, Jesus radically called Peter and continually transformed Peter. And when Peter was, was, was impacted with the Holy Spirit of God, when the Holy Spirit touched him, Peter's life was forever changed and different, and he set his life to go towards the things that Jesus had called him to do, which was to build the church. And so Peter builds the church and equips the church, and he writes letters to churches, people like us. We are the church. Church is not a building, newsflash. 
It is not a place you go to. Yes, we come to this gathering to, to lift up our voice together in, in one voice and one accord, but you are the church. Do you understand that? When, when people say, well, the church's responsibility is to do this, what they're saying is your responsibility, my responsibility is to do this. When I say that the church is called to love the least of these, that is not the church, AKA the building to bring in people. That is for you to go out and to love people and to give to people, and to help people, and to serve people. God, man, Pastor, I'm just not a people person. Well, you should probably get to Jesus, because he, he, he really has a problem with that. I'm just not a people guy. Well, <laughs> no. We are the church. And Peter writes a letter to this church of mostly Jewish people that, 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 that were God's chosen people. And I don't have time to dissect all that, but this is a group now of, of Jews and Gentiles that are receiving his words and receiving what he has to say. And these people in this time, they're actually being persecuted. They're in, the, they're in Rome. They're in a, the Roman Empire. They're being ruled and reigned by Roman uh, dictators and, and the Empire of Rome. And so there's a, there's a heavy hand upon them. And they're sitting there going, man, we said yes to Jesus, but our lives are getting attacked. Our lives are being hit. We don't know why we're being hit this way. It's really hard. And Peter writes words of, hey, listen, first and foremost, you are a part of a living hope now. His name is Jesus in chapter 1. How many of you know, if we are putting our hopes in too many different things today, we are doing it more than ever before, and, and the word for us today is get back to the living hope of Jesus Christ. That is the only hope that we can hold on to, is Jesus. Everything else will fade, everything else will die, everything else will go away. Nobody's going in their casket with their house. Nobody's taking in the casket unless people throw, you ever been to a funeral where people throw money? I wanna go to those, I wanna be like, thank you. <laughs> That's a bad joke. I, you ever been to a funeral where people lay money in the casket? You know what I'm talking about? No? I've been to a funeral, right, where people drop money on the people's casket, right? Because they think they're going to take it with them. How many of you know that ain't going anywhere? That's going in the ground with them. That, this is a tough crowd. There's no hope in your job. There's no hope in your house. There's no hope in your relationships even. How quickly are we seeing how quick things can go? The hope is in the living hope of Jesus Christ. And so he says, hey, when your hope is in there, you know the promises of what Jesus has said to you. You know what your eternal destiny is, that Jesus has promised you salvation to come in the end, but salvation today. So in the midst of this thing and all that's happening, you can still live with hope. You can still live with life. You can still live with joy. You can still live with peace. The promises are still for you. He is not against you. He is with you. He is gonna lead you and guide you. Come on, church, this is the best news that you can hear this morning, that Jesus' promises are yes and amen. So Peter reminds these promises and these, these truths, and then last week and the week before, we discovered about the lordship of Jesus Christ over our lives. Jesus is either the Lord of all of your life or he's the Lord of none of it. You can't pick and choose what you want Jesus to rule and reign over. I can't pick and choose what I want Jesus. Do we do it? Is that how it works? He is the Lord of everything of your life when you say yes to him. Not just the stuff that feels good. And so today I want to talk about what Peter writes in chapter 2. So open up your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. I, I titled this message, because that's what pastors have to do, <laughs> put titles to things. R royally set apart, and this week's installment is under construction. Everyone say under construction. Verse 4, as you come to him, as you, JP, come to him, the living stone, stone that mean, what is that? What, what, what is Peter writing? He's talking about Jesus. As, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. 
You also, like living stones, are being built. Everyone say, are being built. Into a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood. Notice it doesn't say that to be a house that you want to be or what JP wants to be. It says you're being built into a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, now he's referencing Isaiah, the prophet of the Old Testament. He's giving an insight to a mostly Jewish audience that would know the words of Isaiah, and he's saying, let me reference these words, but let me show you that Jesus has fulfilled these words. For in the Scripture it says, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Whew. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumbled because they disobeyed the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people. Ever say chosen people. A royal priesthood. Say royal priesthood. A holy nation. Say holy nation. God's special possession. Say God's special possession. Say it like you believe it. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Before Jesus, you were dead. He called you out of that life of death, out of darkness into a wonderful light. And that, if you believe in Jesus and you know that to be true, should just be a moment of you to just say, thank you. <laughs> Out of darkness, yeah. into light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Under construction. Jesus, right now, in these short moments, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak, that these words would go forth, God, that they would be your words. I pray you would transform and align and bring us back. Work on us, we pray, Holy Spirit, in every part of our hearts every part of our minds. May surrender come to this house right now, to every, every person here, God. May surrender come in a deeper way. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for your word that is true and is holy and it is for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Under construction. During quarantine and this summer, if you've been to Rachel and I's house, which some of you have, all around us, there is literally construction happening. There is construction next to us. They are gutting and rebuilding an entire house. On the other side, on the right side of our house, they are, they are gutting and removing a massive roof and also repairing uh, tuck pointing. Do you guys all know what tuck pointing is? Let me tell you what tuck pointing is. It's fixing the bricks. Behind us, they're building garages. And in front of us, people's gas is digging out our streets and sidewalks every single day, it feels like. They have dug the same hole 16 times, and it drives me nuts. There's literally construction everywhere. I was driving through the city the other day with, with Rach, and I actually said to her, I was like, man, it feels like construction is just happening everywhere. Everywhere I look, I feel like something new is being built. And I was sitting in my house, and I was reading 1 Peter chapter 2, which you should be doing at home. You should be reading through this book, following along in this journey with us, not just getting this on Sundays, but actually opening this tomorrow and the next day and the next day. I was reading 1 Peter chapter 2, and the words being built stood out to me, struck me. And it was like, man, everything around me is being built. How am I being built today? I'm under construction. My, my life is under the handiwork of Jesus Christ. 
that, that I'm actually being molded and shaped and formed by a king that loves me and cares for me and is crazy mad in love with me. And I look around and see all the beauty of the process of being built. How many of you know that there's a process to being built? There's a process to construction. You don't just show up to the job site and see all the materials and snap your fingers and it's done. There's a process to the way in which things are built. There's time, there's energy, there's commitment. There's commitment to the work. In the beginning of construction to the end of a construction process, what happens in the middle matters. What happens in that time is super important. And I read Peter's words and I think, man, what happens from the moment I said yes to Jesus and his salvation to the moment that I meet him face to face, because guess what? We all have one thing in common. We're all going to meet our king one day, face to face. No one's made it through this life, never passing away. We all are going to meet him, whether you believe it or not. That's what we believe in this church. You're going to meet him. So in between that time, how are you being built by the Father? How are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through you? Are you saying no to the construction because it's hard? Are you saying no to his work because it doesn't feel good? You know, the king's scalpel is actually the sharpest thing in the world. And when it cuts you, it cuts you, and it doesn't hurt you, it actually helps you. You know, God is about, about, about redeeming you. He's about building you. He's not about leaving you dead. He's not about leaving you as the same as yesterday. He's about supernaturally transforming your life into the person he has always called you to be. Our God knows every hair on our heads. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Do you know that? You are not an accident. You are not by chance. <laughs> like, like some of you like here have heard those words over your life, that you were an accident. Oh, we didn't really want you. And I'm sorry, but, but God saw you. He's actually the one that gave you life. He's the actual one that formed you, put you together. He is the one that is building us and shaping us and molding us. And, and today, like the words of Peter, as we come to him, are we being built by him? Or are we being built by this world? Because he's talking to a bunch of people that are being persecuted and are being attacked and are being hit. And he's saying, don't give up. Stay in this thing. Stay in the fight. Let the work happen. Come on, I'm tired of seeing believers just throwing the towel like it's too hard. Was it really too hard for Jesus to get on the cross for you? No. <laughs> but he did it. And the promise is to come, but we live in the promise today. So we are under construction. Three things I see from this passage that I want to teach. Is this all right? You awake? Those of you in the back, I can see you. You awake? <laughs> First thing out of this chapter, out of this section of scripture that I pray help us and mold us. First and foremost, we are a work in progress. Everyone say, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> Every person should say that. <laughs> I am a work in progress. Chapter, uh, chapter two, verse four, first Peter chapter two, verse four says this, as you come to him, the living stone, Jesus, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built. Notice it doesn't say that you are built, right? It's a very, very specific. You are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are a work in progress. 
Have you ever, um, and I asked this question at the first service and there was minimal hands. Have you ever been on a construction site or a job site? Let me see a show of hands. Praise the Lord, a few more people. There, there, there's this process to construction and there's a way to follow the way that things should be built and structures should be made. And that is this, that, that there's this thing called a blueprint. You ever heard of a blueprint? You know what a blueprint is? It's where all, all the designer, the engineers all sit around the table and the project manager or the foreman sit there and, and they, they, they draw out, they lay out how this structure, how this building is going to be built. There's science, there's math, there, there's, there's components to it that are super important. They sit down and they get, this, they get this blueprint written out and they make sure that, hey, this is the way that we are going to follow. This is the exact way we're gonna build this structure because we know it to be true. And there's also times on job sites where some guys will show up and they think they know better. <laughs> I've worked construction, my dad and my, my family, I've done this, where they show up to, to job sites and they're like, well, the blueprint ride, I'm actually gonna build a wall right there. Well, okay, like if you want to, the foreman's gonna show up with the blueprint, he's gonna tell you, no, I know better. And they construct this wall and sure enough, the foreman shows up, the, the, the guy or girl shows up with the blueprint, they're like, you gotta tear that wall down. We, that, that's not gonna help the structure, that's actually gonna hurt the structure. They're like, oh, now you don't know what you're talking about, you have no clue. The blueprint guides and it directs and it makes sure that we stay on track with the way in which the building should be built. You know, the thing about it is this, is that Jesus actually holds our blueprint. He is the blueprint. He doesn't just have your blueprint in his hands. He is the blueprint. And if we're sitting here saying, like, like as you come to him, you are being built, we, we're, what we're saying is, Jesus, I'm coming to you to learn who I am, to discover who I am in you, to know who you are, because when I know who Jesus is, I know who I am. When I know that Jesus has my life in his hands, he has my steps ordained, he has my life figured out before I even do, man, I'm gonna come to you, Jesus, and I'm gonna say, speak to me. Align my life to your blueprint. But, but what oftentimes happens, we go and say, God, I'll build the wall. I'll make the bathroom here. I'll put the bedroom here. Like, I'll make sure, I know how to build this house. Come on, how many of you want to just admit that we've done that before? Every hand should go up. Where we've said, I am a better builder than you are, Jesus. I trust my own skills and my own abilities more than I trust you, King Jesus. Like the reality is, is that, that, that we, we, we fall prey to that sometimes. And Peter's saying, no, 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 as you come to him, you are being built by him. He has the blueprint. He has the best things for you. He has you in his hands. The problem is, is that we don't trust Jesus. We trust us over Jesus. That's what happens, right? When you start to say, I'll build this thing, what you're saying is, it's like, I don't trust you, king of the universe, the one that built all this thing, put the stars in the heavens, put the, like, I, I'm better than all of that. I can't even add 25 plus 25 sometimes. It's 50, just don't worry about it. Like, I got it. But we go, we go, no, no, no. I know better for my life than you, Jesus. I'm a work in progress, and I'll make sure I make the progress happen. Come on. Come on, this is the, this is the, this is the later crowd, the more awake and woke crowd than the nine o'clock. Come on. We're all like, I'm a work in progress, I'm good. The thing about a blueprint, though, is this, is that it keeps you on track. It doesn't just say, hey, here's the blueprint. Like, if you showed up to a job and you started working on one wall for 15 weeks, 
What's the boss going to say? You're fired. <laughs> like, I'm going to find someone that can build a wall and the second wall and the third wall and install some plumbing, too, in a week. You, you've been here for 15 days. Peter's not saying you're a, built, you're a work in progress, so just stay the way you are. Hello? You're a work in progress as you come to him. So as you come to Jesus, see, the thing about Jesus is this. You can't, you can't be the same when you come to Jesus. You, you leave different. Or at least you should. You can come to Jesus and you can play church, you can play Christianity, you can play being a believer, you can play all those things, and you can stay the same. But if you actually come to Jesus saying, Jesus, I'm a mess, <laughs> I'm actually lost, I'm actually broken, I'm actually not sure what to do, but you have the blueprint, you have my life. Jesus, my identity is out of control. My identity is nuts. I'm just losing it, but you actually are firm. You are strong. You got my plans. Like, like, like I trust you. He'll say, yeah, let me work on you. Progress. See, see, hearing this, we are being built. It's not an excuse to stay the same. And Peter's saying, in the midst of even persecution, in the midst of pain, in the midst of trials, you can't stay the same. The world needs a picture of Jesus that is better than what they are seeing from the church. Yes. Yes. Amen? Right. Yes. We're like, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I worship him on Sunday. I give a little bit here. I give a little bit there. But everything else, off limits, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, no, no. And Peter said, no, as you come to Jesus, you're being built into a spiritual house. Into a spiritual house. Not the house that you want. Come on. How many of you have a dream home? I got my dream home. It's my dream home. People in the city are like, I'm just trying to get out of this little apartment. I'm just trying to get into a bigger apartment. <laughs> Come on. He's not trying to build you the way you want to be built. Sure, do you have dreams and aspirations and callings and, and giftings that he's put inside of you? Yes, but guess who put it inside of you? Jesus. Not you. You didn't wake up one day going, I have this gifting. I have this gifting. And it's a good gifting. I'm going to make it happen. No, Jesus gives you the, the ability and the breath in your lungs to make that thing happen. Come on, you all right? We are a work in progress. So how does the work happen? In your character. We have a character crisis right now in 2020. And I'm talking as your pastor right now. Can I? Can I? Well, I'm going to. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I... We have a character crisis. And what happens is, is when you come to Jesus, he's not about just changing your outside. He doesn't just make you look good. I got better skin because I'm following Jesus. Like, what? I've heard that. I'm healthier. <laughs> like, I just have a better, better. No. He wants to transform your inside. He wants to transform your heart and your soul and your mind. And when he does that, he transforms your character. He's about transforming your emotions. He's about transforming your, 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 your habits. He's about transforming your ideas and your beliefs. See, if we're saying we're a work under progress, then we're saying, Jesus, you can transform everything in me. How many of you know we need our emotions to come under the, the covering of Jesus? We're an emotionally driven society today. And I'm here to say, you guys know me, I believe we're going to fight and we're going to continue to see the kingdom of God come up over all this thing. But if we operate as believers with our emotions out of whack, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna sow a lot what we reap. Reap what we sow, I'm sorry. 
And our emotions are driving us and making decisions. And when we come under, when we say, I'm coming to you, Jesus, I'm a work in progress. I don't have it all together. It's not perfect. It's not the best. It's none of that. That's not what he's looking for. But I'm coming to you day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, saying, Father, transform me, change me. Everything in me, it's no longer mine. It's yours. I'm coming under your care. I'm coming under your blueprint. Change my life. Royally set apart doesn't just happen at the point of salvation. It's sanctification. You don't just get saved and that's it. Is that good? Oh yeah. How many of you are thankful that your, your inheritance is in heaven? But Jesus is also concerned about bringing heaven to earth today through us. He's not just concerned about you getting a ticket. I got my ticket, woo, I made it, high five. He's about seeing you do some work here on this earth, in this city that is filled with people that are hurting, people that are in pain, people that are in darkness going, God, I need you, and I'm gonna show them who I have inside of me because you're working in and through me. It's a good word, pastor, praise the Lord. We are a work in progress. Are you letting God work? Or are you pushing him? Are you being sensitive to the Holy Spirit or are you rejecting it? When's the last time God disagreed with you? If you and God have not had a disagreement in a long time, that's a problem. It's a problem. Because why? He's the king of your heart. His words are the king. So the second thing is this. We are built on a precious stone. So Peter writes, you, you are, as you come, as you come to God, he's going to build you. He's going to make you into to who he, he's called you to be. But, 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 but remember this. How and what you're being built on is precious. Verse 6, for in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Church, listen to me. If Peter's writing these words to the church saying, hey, guess what? You were never called to fit in. Jesus has been rejected and will continue to be rejected by people. So the more that you try to fit in with people, instead of being like, man, I've been rejected and it's okay because I know who is my cornerstone. I know who's my rock. His name is Jesus. He's saying, stop worrying about the world rejecting you. Like, man, church, we're so consumed with, man, I don't want to say the wrong thing to someone. I don't want to show up to my work and actually tell someone about Jesus because I'm afraid that they might dismiss me or cancel me. Who cares? Who cares? If you actually believe this thing, then you would hold on and say like, I don't care. Because my life is on the cornerstone. My life is on the precious stone of Jesus Christ. He was rejected and I'm called to be like Jesus? Is this okay? You're all like, man, I, I was gonna give him one more week, but this message? <laughs> this, isn't, this hasn't been taught a lot. We've taught Christianity like this. Receive Jesus and be your best self. Receive Jesus and stay the way you are. Receive Jesus and just, just be who you can be. Just, just be your best self. It's an epidemic. No, listen, listen. It is an absolute epidemic. We don't come to Jesus to be our best self. We come to Jesus to be who he's called us to be. Because our life is not built, our life is not built on what we think, our foundations. How many of you know our foundations were cracked? 
Our foundations were broken. Our foundations, if you don't know Jesus, I'm here to tell you, but we're gonna, we're gonna resolve it here in a moment. Your foundation is cracked. Your foundation is broken. You will eventually fall. Jesus, now Jesus shares a parable. This is no longer an apostle, this is Jesus. Because everyone loves Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says, hey, there's a story that I wanna share with you. There's two people, and they're building a house. Come on, we know this. And one of them, one of them is, is gonna be put on sand. He's gonna build the structure on sand, but, but the other one is, is gonna build it on the rock. And, and there's gonna be storm that comes. There's gonna be water that comes and, and sweeps across it. And Jesus says, which, which ones do you think is gonna last? Like I imagine the guy there that's like, oh, the sand, Jesus. I'm a scientist, I know the sand. And all the disciples are like, what's wrong with you, man? Wrong answer, buddy. How many of you know a house on sand, when, when storms come, when water comes, is gonna fall pretty easy? But a house that's built on the cornerstone, on the rock of Jesus, does not fall. It stands. It remains. It does not get beaten up and taught. Yeah, sure, it takes some hits, but man, it's a firm foundation. You stay true to Jesus because you know you're resting on the rock that will never fail, never be broken, never be destroyed. He is the rock and his name is Jesus. The reality is this. I don't have much time. Worship team, come on up. Is this okay? The reality is this is when you say yes to Jesus, to the chief cornerstone, what he's saying to people is it's no longer the temple, it's no longer your tradition. Come on, it's not about tradition with Jesus. I often hear that from people. I, well, I just grew up this way. That doesn't matter. What matters is have you given your heart to Jesus? So he's saying to people, it's not about the temple that you put your hope in. It's not even necessarily the church that you put your hope in, the building, it's, it's none of that. It's Jesus, he's the cornerstone. And when you say yes to the cornerstone, what you're saying no to is every other foundation of your life. You can't put a house on two different foundations. Do you know that? Oh, that's a good word, Pastor. But like, I've never seen two poor, I've poured foundations with my father. I've never seen him pour one foundation. Like if this was a square and that was a square, I've never seen him put the house on the center of it. He's gonna choose which one. And oftentimes we're taking our hearts and we're putting them on the center of two different foundations. And Jesus is going, that's not how this works. It's saying no to everything else and it's saying yes to him. You know, serving Jesus calls us to do radical things. It's not some easy, simple thing. Yeah. It should be radical. Pastor, why are you preaching this? this is messing with my system? I don't like this. This is the truth. And I'm sitting here today in 2020 going, we don't got time to play games. We don't got time to just mess around. I don't have time to build a cool hip church that everybody has skinny jeans on and ones on and nice shirts. I don't have time for all that. What I have time for is the fact that people are dying and going to hell quick and we got a light and we got a source and his name is Jesus. I don't have time to say, build your life on whatever feels good. No, it's a choice. As you come to him, you're gonna either build your life on the cornerstone or you're gonna reject it. I hope and pray that you build your life on Jesus. I hope and pray that even as you mess up and as you fall, he, you know, man, Jesus is calling me back. Jesus is calling me back. Jesus is getting me back. Man, you, you, you gotta know that there's people here that wanna see you through this time, so it would push you towards Jesus even more. Like That's why we need each other, right? Man, if COVID did something, it revealed how much we actually need each other. But we need each other that are serving Jesus and pushing each other closer to him. Is this okay? When you say yes to Jesus, you say no to every other piece of foundation. The reality is, is that you can never see a foundation 
in a house, right? You don't walk by a house and go, that's a nice foundation. That one, that was done with excellence. They really measured that thing out. And they, they nailed it. Good job, guys. Good foundation right there. You walk by and you go, that's a nice house. But the fact is, is that some of us in this room today, and I find myself here, people are going, nice house, but foundations are messed up. And over the course of time, what happens is, is you start to see houses start to fall. We just heard a story about a house which was, thank God nobody was hurt in Pilsen that just collapsed from the, ins- uh, from the top bottom because the foundation was broken. I walked past a couple houses the other day and they were touching each other. You know, houses aren't supposed to touch each other. <laughs> wait, wait, did you catch that? Like, you guys were all like, oh, of course, pastor. Why, why, why is that a big deal? They're not supposed to. Like, they're supposed to stand straight up. You're supposed to be able to walk between them. They were touching each other. And I, and I didn't blame the concrete. I, I, I didn't put, blame the bricks. Sorry, I didn't blame the siding or the roof. I was like, that's a bad foundation. So eventually your foundation, what you choose on, will show out of your fruit of your life. It will. Shoot, it will. And it might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. It might not be next month. But man, I guarantee it. In a year, two years, five years, ten years, the fruit of your, the foundation that you have will show in fruit. Man, that, what that does to me, that doesn't make me feel condemned or uh, yucky, like, ah, oh, man, that stinks. What that makes me do is, God, come, come and repair the foundation pieces that are broken. What I love today is, is that there's actually technology to repair foundations. But we have a king that wants to come in and take his hands and fix and repair our foundations of our lives. Amen? So what's, what's, what's the combination of saying we're under construction, we're, we're being built, and we're being built on a precious cornerstone? Well, then, well then, then there's only one thing to do. We are built to bring praise to Jesus. Our entire lives are built to praise Jesus. If you're new to church, just think about it for a second. The Bears aren't playing today, but nice win. Good job. I'm not really a Bears fan. I don't really care. Um, Steelers, the best team in the land of America. <laughs> That's, I, I digress. I really am sorry. Um, but if you watch a sports game, I'm not into sports. You like music? I guarantee it, I could come to your house and be a fly on the wall. When your team scores, when that song comes on, when we used to be at concerts, and you would lose your mind I mean, I'm telling you, I've seen adults that I'm like, like, you, you, you're jumping higher than I think I've ever seen you jump before in your life for this person singing on this stage. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ever been to a concert and you just look across the landscape, you all like, this is nuts. Like, like, we lose our mind. <laughs> we were playing golf yesterday and our brother here chipped in for birdie and he took his shirt off and started running around the course. Like, it was like the most majestic thing he's ever done in his life. And, and I, remember, I, I remember that in that moment. And I'm like, man, you praised a golf ball. Like, we did. So we lose our minds over things like that. Why? Because that's who we were created to be. We're either going to worship Jesus or we're going to worship the world. And when we know that our lives are built on the cornerstone, I'm going a little long, I'm sorry, but this is important. When we're built on the cornerstone, we know that our lives are called to give him praise. Well, pastor, how can I praise him? Do you know what's going on in my life? Do you know what's happening in the midst of my life? Do you know all the trials and the pain that I'm going through? I don't, but guess what? We all face something. 
And we're all gonna go through life and face some trials and face some circumstances that are hard. My trial is no different or stronger or greater than your trials. We're all gonna face something in this life. So in response to knowing that we are built on a precious stone, our lives are called to praise him because of who he calls us. Who he calls us. You know what he calls us? Sons and daughters. He's adopted us. And being known that we have been adopted by the king by salvation, it transforms us from darkness into light. We can praise him. But he calls us some other things in this thing. You ready? He, he says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is who Peter is declaring over the church. He's not just talking to the pastors. He's not talking to the deacons or the elders. He's talking to people that said yes to Jesus. You with me? You are a chosen people, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Woo! Okay, I'm gonna go in. I got three minutes. You ready? Buckle up. When you know what those things mean, you lose your mind in praise to Jesus, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, not just when the song comes on on the radio, this is my jam, I love this song, this is awesome, this is great. No, you praise him every day of your life. You praise him every moment of your life. You praise him every minute of your life because everything that you have had has been given to you by God and he has saved you, he restored you, and he has called you these things. So listen, listen, he says you are a chosen people. Meaning like you have said yes to him through the work of Jesus Christ and now you are chosen by God. You are his possession. You are a chosen person. Man. You mean Jesus saw me when I was on the cross? Oh, it's so fun to cry in front of a bunch of people. Just close your eyes for a second. Just get that image of Jesus on a cross hanging and seeing you and say, I'm doing this for you, for you. No matter how much you hate me, no matter how much you don't like me, no matter what, for you. He chose you on that cross. You know, the second thing is, I hope you got that picture. And you know what this, the second thing is this? He, he says, you are a royal priesthood. I love that. You know what he's saying to the people that are sitting there? Hey, no longer do you have to go through the priest. You don't have to go to the high priest and, and, and say, I, I have done this, I've done that, I need prayer. Guess what happens now? Because of Jesus Christ and because the filling of his Holy Spirit in our lives, we have direct access to the throne room of grace. You do not, let me tell you this. I want to counsel you. I want to cover you. I want to give you care as your pastor. That is our job. That is our role. That is our responsibility. That is my heart. But guess what? You don't need a word from the pastor to get through the week. No? Like, you don't, you don't need to get to the pastor. I gotta just get to him and he's gonna tell me all the things. No, you have a high priest in Jesus and he's given you the access to get to him and say, yes, Jesus, speak to me. Do you understand how valuable that is? Are you going to Jesus day in and day out, moment by moment, going, hey, Jesus, I'm here in your throne room, and you've given me access because you've called me a royal priesthood. I'm here, and I can talk to you. I can commune with you. Oh, my goodness, why is this not the best thing in the world? Royal priesthood, a holy nation. Okay, I'm going to go in right here. Here we go. You ready? A holy nation. Peter says, you are no longer a part of any other nation. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. You are not left. You are not right. You are not red. <laughs> you are not blue. <laughs> you are a believer. You are not even, get this, get this, get this. <laughs> you are not even an American, but first. Oh, pastor, why you gotta go there? This was so good up until this point. 
He's talking to people that are in Rome, that are under Roman dictatorship control. And he's saying, you do not belong to the Roman Empire. You are a holy nation set apart by Jesus' blood. That's why, guys, listen, listen, listen. If you are putting your hope in anything that's to come, you're missing the whole thing. Are we called to honor? Oh, you guys know this house. We honor. Are we called to pray? You better believe it. Do we believe God to do great and mighty things? Absolutely. But if we do not understand that we are first a holy nation set apart by Jesus Christ, no other nation declares who we are except Jesus, we will miss this whole thing. We are a holy nation set apart by the blood of Jesus Christ. You with me? The last thing he says, you're a special possession. Hmm. Special. Special. Hmm. He doesn't even call the birds of the air special. He doesn't say it to the lilies of the field, which he cares for. But he says, you, you're a special possession, Eric. You're a special possession, Ash. You're special. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you are now God's special possession. He cares for you. He loves you. He's holding you. He's wanting to transform you. He doesn't want to leave you the same. He wants to call you from that darkness into the marvelous light. A special possession. Man, you know what that does for me? That makes me say thank you. We have a gratitude problem. And we can overcome it by just saying, man, you call me all these things. You've placed me now in your family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I laugh today, even today. I open up doors for people and they, they, just, they just stare at me, right? Or, or they open a door for me. I'm like, thank you, bless you. And they're like, why are you saying thank you to me? I'm like, well, you just held the door open for me. Like, that's what you say to me. There's no honor in this culture. But there's no honor to God. Because we don't realize that this is what we've been called a royal priesthood, a holy nation, sons and daughters, no longer orphans. See, when you, when you understand this, you don't, you don't become weary, you don't become worried, you become confident. You rest assured that our God is with us, our God is for us, our God is not against us, that he that began a good work in you is gonna carry to completion. Did you catch that? He that began a good work, Jesus Christ, that started the work in you, that is really, really good, is gonna carry to completion. Why? Because he's good. Why? Because he's overcome death. Why? Because he has overcome the grave. Why? Because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is a good father, and he is going to do a good work in you guys. Yes, we may be under construction. Yes, we may be in the process of being worked on. Yes, we may be in the process of, of being renewed and transformed. Yes, to all of those things, but we are now called sons and daughters of the Most King because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are still a work in progress, but we are working towards being perfected by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, by His grace, by His mercy, and by His faithfulness. Come on, church, how many of you are thankful for the goodness of our God? Why don't you stand your feet, stand your feet. If you are in the room right now, I don't have time, like, like, I'm not saying because of our time, we're gonna worship in a second, but if you're in the room right now and you have not said yes to this, Jesus, his love and his blood, you cannot claim being a son if you have not said yes in your heart and given him your life. Not some of it, all of it. Today, it says, scripture says, is the day of salvation. Do not wait. We don't know what tomorrow has. 
But there's a, there's a moment right now that God wants to say, I'm knocking on your heart's door. Jesus is knocking on your do the door of your heart and he's saying, will you let me in? And all it says in scripture is to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe it in your heart. Believe in your heart that he came, he lived this sinless life, he, he helped people, he healed people, he did incredible things, but he went to a cross and he died and he went to the grave and he raised three days later and he is seated on the throne. He is the King of Kings, he is the Lord of Lords. If you believe that, and you wanna say yes to the transformational work of Jesus Christ. If you are done building your life on sand, if you are done building your life on foundations that are cracked, that are spoiled, that are messed up, and today you wanna say yes to a firm foundation, I want you to slip your hand up right now. Slip it up, Dude, who cares who's around? Slip it up, hi, hi. Yep, yep, I see him, anybody else? Yep, I see him, anybody else? I see him in the back, come on, hands are up. Come on, hands are up, praise God. Praise God, come on, can we just bless them and bless and thank God? We're gonna pray, but come on, it says heaven throws a party. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you lifted your hands, we're gonna pray this prayer and I wanna make sure that you get with an usher in the back after this, they wanna equip you, but this is just a prayer of faith, believing in our hearts together. We're gonna pray this and then we're gonna worship. We're gonna sing this roof off this place because of who he's called us and what he's called, how, how he's placed us. But pray this prayer with me together. Father, I receive you today. I invite you into my heart, my soul. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for that empty tomb. Thank you that I have life in you. Transform me, Jesus. Continually change me, Jesus. I receive your Holy Spirit today. I wanna walk with you. I wanna talk with you all the days of my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins and washing me clean. I love you, Jesus. And I confess today that you are Lord, that you are Savior, and that you are King. We bless you, Jesus, and we give you all the honor and all the glory. And we say this all in the name above every name in Jesus' name. And everybody says...